Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. This is Ron Stiver. For those of you who don't know me, I'm, I have the honor of serving as president of System Clinical Services. And I'm pleased to be coming to you with a couple of fellow team members today for our first podcast. You may ask, why are we doing a podcast? And I'd answer for a couple reasons. One, one of the many, many benefits in my role is I get to see some of the fantastic work that occurs across our service lines each and every day by our team members. Uh, really embracing and living our, our values and I'm always looking for new ways to share those examples. Also I think about uh, our SES team and how they're dispersed really across the state and many of our SES team members uh, are in our in cars quite often too. So think about our lab couriers, think about our home health team, uh, our home hospice team and so we felt uh, maybe trying to do a podcast so that people can um, you know, learn about some of the things that their team members are doing, uh, be inspired just as I am, uh, would be a good idea. So this is our, uh, our inaugural podcast. We'll be asking for feedback, but I'm excited uh, to be joined at this first one with Corey Hall, who uh, leads very capably our Lifeline team, and by Lindsay Jones, one of our critical care nurses um, for Lifeline. So Lindsay, Corey, thanks both for being here. Thank thanks you. for having us. Yeah. So, uh, too, I'm going to start off with an icebreaker, okay, non-IU Health related. So, we were all 10 years old at one point in time. Um, so, I'll ask each of you, when you were 10, if you can go back to that time, what did you want to be when you grew up? Lindsay, I'll let you go first. Okay, I wanted to be, as cliche as this might sound, but I always wanted to be a nurse. <laughs> so, oh, I would oh, play, wow. play with my brothers and um, I would dress up like a nurse and, you know, tape the little mask on my face and the little surgical cap and so that's that's what I always awesome for. well it's kind of a pretty uh, early on felt what your calling was and followed it through that's awesome Corey so uh, mine is kind of a similar path as well I actually I grew up uh, with a father who is a fireman and uh, so grew up chasing fire trucks and crawling all over them and uh, and that was the dream and uh, went on to do that and uh, that pathway really led me to to lifeline and, and finding my true love not necessarily at the firehouse but rather taking care of uh, critically ill patients well we are blessed um, that both of you found your way to lifeline even more so our patients um, are fortunate to have you here because we think about the lifeline team and I think about high pressure situations um, you know in many forms and fashions too in just um, high pressure situations uh, families uh, patients in very vulnerable situations talk to me and Corey about what what do you look for um, in our lifeline team members what are some of the common traits and attributes sure absolutely so um, the most basic but I think the starting point is uh, certainly require our various team members to be licensed or credentialed in their very specialties. So uh, anywhere from critical care nurse, paramedic, respiratory therapist, EMT basic. Um, our teams also combine with other forces uh, within the hospital to do specialty care such as high-risk OB or ECMO. But the big thing when it comes down to these team members and what I genuinely believe makes them so special and while I'm so proud to, to work with them is it's the character traits that they exhibit. So first and foremost we want you to be compassionate. Uh, we want you to be willing to go above and beyond. You have to be a problem solver. One of the differences that I think is unique to transport is there is no such thing as static. 
Um, the information you know when you're responding is, is what's on a page. And when you get to that patient or that family, the reality is the story can often change. And so you have to be versatile and willing and capable of adapting. I think the other thing that's really important is to have exceptional communication skills. Uh, one of the things that we really try to talk with our team about, in fact, it used to be a common interview question, is you know who is your customer? And really the answer that we wanna hear is, well, everyone's my customer. And the reason I say that is, it's not just the patient. Some of the dynamics that we get into, um, the, the patient's family is as much of a patient as the original person we're there to care for. And so it's really important to treat you know, fellow clinical providers, families, patients alike with that compassion. Again, in the starting point, we need to acknowledge and show the clinical skill we have, but also just being human and knowing that sometimes those that we care for, it may be the worst day of their life. Um, and really the last thing I'll say is calm in the storm. We really expect our team members to come in and uh, when they arrive, we want the emergency to be over, regardless of how bad it may be. Uh, sometimes that may mean having a good poker face mm -hmm. and, um, and kind of faking uh, that, that confidence when you might not be feeling it on the inside, but ultimately calming that room, wherever it may be, is a really powerful skill that I think our best providers have, and, and certainly I would give Lindsay that credit. Yeah, Lindsay, is that, I mean, speaking of poise, speaking of calming the room, calming the storm, a uh, few of your fellow team members shared a story recently about an interaction you had with the patient's family, and that story made its way to me, and I was struck by how that situation, about how you handled that situation, really um, just demonstrated all of our IU health values, but in particular the value of compassion. Why don't you kind of talk our listeners through the situation um, that we're talking about and kind of the situation you walked into that day. So we were at bedside and we started to load the patient onto our cot and realized that um, he was not, um, wasn't handling transport at all or being any kind of movement and began to decline very rapidly. And so we kind of started to regroup and uh, figure out what we wanted to do. And my partner and I um, talked with the physician and, and um, he called the neurologist here at Methodist and you know, we all agreed that surgical intervention was not an option for this patient due to the extensive amount of um, head injury that he had. Um, so at this point, you know, we kind of turn our focus to what's in the best interest for the patient and the family. You know, we go into more of a damage control mode. And so um, I discussed with the physician and my partner, you know, do we want to talk to uh, the patient's spouse and let them know, you know, we will be glad to transport, but the patient might not survive the flight, and that the interventions that they can do in Indianapolis are minimal, considering where the bleed was, um, and, or we can leave the patient here and let her have time to call her family and, and friends and the people that cared about the patient there so they could be with him in his final moments. Um, this is not something that we typically do. Very rarely, rarely do we have um, a chance where we can't take the patient to mm -hmm. that higher level of care. And so we're kind of going out on a limb, but I felt like that the best thing to do was to be honest with her because I didn't want her to not have those final moments with him. And um, there was also a lack of resources. She didn't have any way to get um, to Indianapolis and we were pretty far away from Indianapolis, our location was, um, and 
as we were sitting there with the patient, several children of all different ages came in, and um, they had six or seven children, and one was a brand new baby, um, all the way up to, you know, a 20-year-old. And it, it was new to me. Um, I still had a fresh experience from my own personal family losing a family member, and we had um, done hospice. And so that part of care was fresh in my mind. And <clears throat> I remember that <clears throat> while um, there wasn't a whole lot we could do in that time, what we could do was educate them on what was going to happen to their family member and um, that give them some kind of comfort and closure in the situation. Um, in my personal experience with my family member, we had several people bring in food for the family. And while you're going through this horrific event and all these emotions, you know, life still does go on and your children still have to eat, they still have to go to school, and you still have to deal with these tragedies and this grief. And so my heart went out for her as a mother and as a spouse. And, you know, I was thinking, what can I do at this point? I can't do anything as a flight nurse to make this situation better for her, but what can I do as a mother and a woman in, that could be in a potentially the same situation. And I saw her children and I thought, well, I'm gonna provide them dinner tonight because I knew they were gonna stay at the hospital and they were gonna be in the ICU. Um, they were gonna consult hospice to come in so they could help with those final moments. Um, so I called and I ordered pizza and drinks. Um, I had some extra money. Um, I had 20 extra dollars in my pocket and um, I went ahead and we got the patient sent up to the ICU and transferred over and all the family was there. and. Um, they were able to deliver pizza for her and drinks and, and I gave her the extra cash that I had and you know Because she basically had just left with the clothes that she had on she didn't even have on shoes You know and so I just thought that if I could help her in any way That you know she would really appreciate it and it would kind of take some of that burden off of her um, And it was it was really rewarding because I know that I was able to give her some kind of closure and for her and her family to be able to be with their loved one in their final moments and maybe that they would have some kind of closure you know in such a horrific event so that's kind of where that was you know as i listen to you lindsay i think you know we, we as a system serve so many patients and it's at times hard not to think of those as numbers i think what you just described brings it home that every patient you know has a, a family has a story behind us and and what really strikes me is how you, you know, you were thinking not only as a critical care, highly skilled critical care nurse, but also as a mom, mm -hmm. uh, as a woman, and the compassion that you showed that family in such a vulnerable time um, is, is very touching. Thank you very much. It means a lot to me to be able to share the story and to be able to be in a position where I can help people in this capacity and know that even though it was out of the realm of normal transport, that I would be... Um, that I'd be supported 100% in the decisions that we make. Well, uh, let's see, clearly you have the, the right heart, the right spirit. That was clear all the way back to when you were 10 years old. Uh, <laughs> I knew you wanted to be a nurse back then. We are, as I mentioned earlier, blessed and fortunate to have you as part of our team. You know, it makes me think too and gives me a sense of pride knowing that, you know, we work with a team, with people who we would want to entrust our own loved ones um, in their care and, and you are certainly, um, a great example of that so I, I thank you very much on behalf of our team members and all the families that we serve thank you uh, Corey 
Uh, Lindsay, thanks for being here today. Thanks more important for all that you do and the Lifeline team does for us each and every day. Uh, to our SCS team members out there, thank you as well for all the great work that you do um, for our patients and, and their families each and every day. Um, again, this is our first podcast. If you, have, if you have feedback, if you have thoughts or suggestions on future podcasts, I invite you to email me at rstiver at iuhealth.org, and I will look forward to uh, speaking with you in the near future uh, via podcast. Have a great day. <laughs>